Good evening, welcome back to the Evermore podcast on the Evermore YouTube channel. We thought we'd take a break from the World Cup, and two of three of us are very happy with that. That's for damn sure. So we won't talk any more about that competition. <laughs> uh, but we're back tonight. We thought we'd do a bit of a special, as obviously Newcastle United and the Premier League itself is on a break. Uh, we had a little chat in our chat group, and it spiced up this topic, which I'm very interested to get stuck into, and I'm sure you guys are as well. But to join me on that, we've got the stat man, Mark, who's been working overtime on this one. He's done a hell of a job. And obviously the Welsh wizard, Die, who's uh, back with a big smile on his face. You know, he's the, you can't keep a good man down, Di. Exactly, mate, exactly. I've, I've beaten <laughs> out that hangover today and have, uh, have, have still yeah, turned mate. up tonight. He's only just woke up, everybody, in case you realize. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's I've missed all completely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, just before we get stuck in a bit of housekeeping, if you haven't already, please click the like and subscribe button. We'd love you to come and join us. We're on about 2,071 subscribers, so we're really close to 2,100. So if you're new to the channel, if you've tuned in tonight for this topic in particular, which isn't just reserved to Newcastle United, of course, we'll pull it back to because we are a Newcastle podcast, but there's plenty to discuss about football in general here. And we're live as always, so jump in the comments. I think a few of our regulars have already jumped in. We've got Al Stapleton in there, Ash is in the house, Roger is there as well. So let's get stuck right into this topic then. So we're going to talk about this. And just before we get stuck into I'm going to have a little bit of a monologue, I suppose. Um, you know, I was thinking about this long and hard. And, you know, football is a game that we all love. Football is a traditional game, you know, steeped in heritage and kind of created by working class. You know, people were talking about, you know, miners and shipyard workers and everything else. But but like everything else, the game has evolved, the game has changed and evolution isn't always a good thing. And if I was going to summarise football, I think these days, and uh, we'll get stuck into, you know, exactly why this is probably the case. Um, you're talking about a working class game that's now been hijacked by billionaires and played by millionaires. So the question that we're asking tonight really is how affordable is football for the fans, the people that make this game what it is and, and make it a game worth playing really. So we're going to get stuck right in. And Mark has been smashing up the stack computer. I'm going to come straight to him first. So the, the first topic, Mark, when we're talking about the real cost of football and what it means to us as football fans, we're looking at tickets and travel. So kick us off, Mark, and give us some, some of these horrendous statistics you've pulled out. We're going to start talking about these in a minute. I mean, yeah. So when you do look at it, some of it does look absolutely horrendous. And because I think quite topically, because we are a Newcastle podcast, the, the one that really stands out from, from the first slide is just as an overall cost to the football fan and Newcastle get hammered. Um, so I'll bring this up. Um, you may need to enlarge your screen a little bit. So this is... Um, Average spend, tickets and travel. Now, this is including an average rail cost to get you to um, to away games. It doesn't obviously include travel to home games, um, but to away games, assuming that all the away day tickets cost the same, I think, in this regard, um, because of the, the agreement between the, the league and the clubs to, to keep the price down. Um, so, yeah, so you, you sit with... Um, an average rail cost for Newcastle fans of £2,206 to get to the, the 19 away games. Obviously, that's sitting um, at an average of £116.15 per journey. Um, when you add this to the average um, or the, the cost of... And this, again, this, this cost for the season ticket is just the lowest available adult price. Now, this doesn't take into account how many... Um, how many t of these tickets are available, but it is just the, the lowest adult price available plus the average cost. So now, uh, the lowest cost season ticket in Newcastle, £417, which is the fourth lowest in the league. 
Um, so points that there are only three clubs, as you can see highlighted in green, that are under £400. And they range all the way up to a th just over £1,000, which is Arsenal's cheapest season ticket. Um, now, I, I believe Arsenal's ticket does include cup games. I think it, it used to. I'm not entirely sure of that um, straight away for, for now. But I know if you go back a, um, five years at least, it included the, the cup games as well. Um, but yeah, Newcastle sit, what, £82 above Bournemouth um, as the, the team that, that spends the most on average to watch their team at home and travel to all the away games. Now, obviously not everybody will do that, but there are a fair few hardcore fans that will, will travel home and away. Um, and like I say, that this doesn't include home costs. So travel for, for those and, and obviously the, the likes of Lee, for example, um, who we were hoping to have on with it tonight, who makes the, tra the, the trip up the... The A19, every, every home game, it doesn't include costs like that. So that 3300 could quite easily be another £1,000 on top of that for, for travel as well. Right. And Di, what's your, what's your first instance, your first thought looking at those kind of numbers there, mate? To, to be honest with you, I, the, my problem with all of this is, is more the lack of consideration for, for a lot of fans, I think is my main frustration. It's unfortunate, in a manner of speaking, that we're Newcastle fans. And, you know, if, if you live in Newcastle, you're going to have to travel to Bournemouth and all these other places. Just by geography, it's going to cost you more money, right? So there's that's yeah. just one of those things that you can't do anything about. If you live in Newcastle and you want to go and watch a game in Brighton, that's a long way to go. It's, it's, it's much quicker if you live in London to do those games. And there's more games you can get to for cheaper. There's some stuff like that you can't help, right? But how many times have we seen games moved late fans have booked yeah. travel accommodation whatever else and there's very often not a, a late a cheap alternative for example late trains back from london to newcastle are a few and far between um you're stuck then with a, a balancing up the options of maybe saving a few quid to go on a bus but the bus is going to take you i don't know eight hours or so to get to London, maybe more depending on the situation. I think for me that the cost and the ticket travel, with the exception of Arsenal, which is even if they include cup games, is that is mad money. Um, and looking at some of the other ones, Spurs is eight hundred quid. You know, so that is a huge amount of money. Take taking that out of the out of the equation, I actually think it's the inconvenience that comes with these last minute changes, where they know people will be booking in advance to get cheap tickets on the train or whatever, and then one game gets moved by a day or a few hours, and, and all your plans are screwed. I've I, I, you know, I'm planning on coming over for the Fulham home game. I've booked my flights, booked my accommodation, and uh, the, the game got moved to the Sunday. And now the game kicks off three minutes, uh, three uh, three hours before my flight takes off. So I, I, I've got to change my plans. I've got to maybe have another right night's accommodation. That's the stuff that I think, in in terms of the travel and stuff, which is wrong, um, and that needs to be addressed. And I and I don't know what the solution is, because I get that you know games that seem small at the start of the season may become big by the end of the season and, and Sky and whoever else want them on TV. I do understand that. And the clubs are always going to bow to that because there's a huge amount of money involved for them. But there should be a line really with, with how, how late in the day they can do this. And for me, I think, you know, they talk about doing six weeks or so. I think it is before the games. It's just, it's just not enough. People book travel and whatever well in advance of that. And I think that's the big thing around travel that, that needs to change in my mind. 
But you're right. I mean, the cost of transport itself is, is astronomical these days, you know, certainly, certainly in the UK. Obviously, if anyone doesn't know, Di doesn't live in the UK, he lives over in, uh, over in the Netherlands. But, you know, it, it's interesting. Mark's got some, some very interesting comparisons soon with, with other European leagues. And when you look at some of the costs of tickets there, compared to some of the costs of tickets for, let's be quite frank, you know, yeah, Newcastle United, we, we are enjoying a, a very lovely purple patch of, of being their supporter, seeing great football, you know, um, winning, you know, results that we'd never expect. We've been served a turgid shite for a long period of time and they've won, they've won a top dollar for that even before these new owners came in. I mean, the, the, the English, the state of English football right now is horrendous. You know, you've got teams going under and then leagues below, you know, struggling to pay people's wages. And then you've got these astronomical sickening fees of money that Premier League clubs are, are pulling in. And let's be honest, I'm not talking about Manchester United's, uh, Liverpool's, Chelsea's. I'm talking about shit teams like Forest and, and teams like that. They're raking in massive amounts of money just for getting relegated. And then, you know, and being in the championship the next season. So the whole model is knackered. You know, I've seen players like Gary Neville, you know, who are owners now, talking about how it's not fair and teams going under and everything else, like, you know, Bury and people like that. Um, Wigan and Bolton's and everybody else, but I mean, looking at the fans in general, the you know we all know this. It's a global thing. The cost of living crisis is global, isn't it? Die. It's probably similar in, in the Netherlands. I'm sure there's people yeah. feeling the squeeze there. But you know, Mark, just for our point of view, obviously in the UK, you know, which all M teams are, are based in, you know, the cost of living crisis is a real thing for people now. People's energy bills are going up 400 quid, 300 quid a month. The mortgages are flying up. Um, you know, petrol's flying up as you mentioned there, but Lee getting the games, you know, Lee, Lee, we're hoping to have Mountain Night Peace. Unfortunately, can't come on for the reason. So we wish we wish Mrs. F all the best. Uh, get well soon, Mrs. F. But you know, people like Lee have got to put that money in the car and get up. And it's that love for Newcastle that drags him there. You know, and he's looking at his bank balance, isn't he, Mark, every month? And where's where's the tipping point here with fans? We're gonna get right into this at the end of the episode, but what worries me is you know. Salary-wise, doesn't matter where you are in the world. There's there's, there's 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 a pyramid, isn't there, guys? You know, you got top, middle, and bottom earners. You know, and whatever you do, respectively, is, is what you earn as a salary. You know, football is a game that's loved universally by everybody, no matter whether you drive a Jaguar or or a, or a fucking Ross bucket. You know, you, you love football, and it's that love that gets you gets you there. And um, you understand when guys buy platinum tickets and all that kind of stuff, and you know they can afford it and they can afford the experience and everything else. And fair enough, right? But when you're working class tickets. When the you know the Gallagher's and the Leases and stuff become so unaffordable, Mark, what happens to, to the fan base? What happens to these guys that they keep the club going? You know, the the, the heart of the club. It's at some point this becomes unaffordable to the norm normal exactly. person, or they begin to start cutting out things that are actually more important. You, you know, I, I see in my job an awful lot. And there's an awful lot of people that, that come through where I work that don't have a lot of money, but they still they still they keep that season ticket going because it's been in their their family for God knows how yeah. long. It's and part it, of their life, isn't it? It's part of yeah. their life, and it's yeah. you know some of the people that they see, and you, you hear these stories all the time that they see these people at the game, and they're like family because they they see them and they don't really interact with anybody else, but they live for going to the game to 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 see these people again. Um, but they won't give it up. And, and obviously, I, I completely understand that. But there comes a point where even they're going to get priced out. Um, now, to be fair to Newcastle, Newcastle have done very well with their season ticket prices over recent years. They haven't come, and I'll, I'll, I'll come on to that in a second. Um, 
But you look at some of the other grounds, um, some of the other clubs, some of the other clubs who are have been treading water, have been piss poor for God knows how long, are still charging extraordinary amounts. I mean, you've only got to look at that at that slide and look at the likes of Villa and Wolves, for example. Six hundred yeah. plus pound for their cheapest season tickets. Six hundred pound for, for and, Villa and Wolves. I mean, come on, what what are you watching there? For that, yeah, it's just tremendous. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and I'll come back to this again. So this is this is actually a comparison between um, between this season's cheapest ticket and 2017, 2018 season ticket. Um, so there are only three season. I mean, there are three season tickets there that have, have gone down in price. Um, so the, the cheapest, Newcastle being one of them. Um, Chelsea and Southampton, the other ones who who their cheapest ticket has gone massively down in price. Three have stayed the same. Um, Bournemouth, Liverpool, and Manchester United. I was more surprised at the Manchester United being on that list. To be fair, mm. everybody else has gone up. Now there's a caveat to some of those clubs because some of those clubs were in the Championship at the time. So um, Villa, Brentford, Fulham, Leeds, and Forest and Wolves were all in the Championship for that season. So you understand why there's a markup in price because the, the value of the ticket then has gone up in terms of the type of football that you're getting. However, £293 for Villa that's gone up, 206 at Fulham, £291 Wolves, Wolves gone up. But they're incredible increases in, in the, the amount um, that they've gone up. Arsenal's has gone up by 119 on its own and they've maintained their Premier League. In fact, during that period, they got significantly worse. So the value of the ticket was a lot less because they've they've got worse over those years. Yes, I think they've they picked up now. Sorry, but, sorry, Dave, go on. Sorry, mate, I thought you'd finished. Sorry, I, I I do think we have to be a bit careful with some of the stuff when it comes to the ticket prices, you know, because well, there's there's two ways of looking at it from what I can see. You, you talked about Aston Villa there. I did some quick maths. It's about thirty two quid a ticket. If you go to every game, for example, for Villa, I actually don't think that's that bad value for money. I know you can argue about the cost of the, you know, you the value, down, yeah. the value of the quality of the football you're going to see and all that. It becomes a very subjective argument then. If you were going to go to the theatre, if that was your thing and you wanted to go and watch, you know, Lion King Home and Away, and you went to the Lion King or whatever lame is or whatever shows you like 19 times in a calendar year, I bet you you'd spend more than 600 quid on a ticket. So I, I, I on, on 19 tickets. In fact, I'd bet you you'd probably spend more than a thousand, which is what we're That's talking fair. about. Probably probably so I do think we need to be a bit careful with this because I do think, yes, it's cheaper elsewhere. You know, I've got a season ticket for Den Haag here. Um, it cost me 140 euros uh, for my season ticket. Um, I appreciate I am in the cheap seats behind the goal where all the hooligans are and it's very entertaining um, because we missed a couple of COVID games last year. This season to renew is 114 euros. Um, the flip side of that, right, is that <laughs> as much as I love going to Ado on a Friday night every other week with my pals, it's shit. <laughs> like the the level of football is awful. We've just sat, we've just sacked um, uh, Dirk Kite as the manager, um, some six hundred grand payoff, and we've just reemployed Dick Advocat, uh, who was whose last job he's was still the Iraq going. manager. Dick yeah. Advocat, my yeah, God, seventy five. He's the he's he was appointed the Ado manager this week. And last season, right, and I appreciate I'm only paying 140 euros a, a, a season ticket. Well, it works out about nine, you know, there's more teams here. So it's about nine euros a game. Last season, I couldn't go to two games, right? One, because in a really bad storm, the roof 
blew off one corner of the stadium. It was deemed a health and safety risk and they didn't allow fans in. So I couldn't go to one game because I couldn't afford to fix the roof. And what they did in the end for the rest of the season is they stopped selling tickets to that corner of the ground and put like a green <laughs> net above the Brilliant. roof so that, so that the seagulls couldn't fly in, right? Um, then we went to a game against young PSV, like the, the youth teams or the, the under-21s are kind of in the in our league because Ardo aren't in the top league. Um, we got about 15 minutes into the game and uh, the floodlights went off. So they kicked everyone out, went and kind of stood in the concourse or whatever, like to come back on, back out to the match. And another 15 minutes in, they went off and there was a big announcement on the tunnel. They said, yeah, sorry, lads, you're all going to have to go home. Um, we went to a game at the start of last season and Ado hadn't paid their bar bill, basically, with their suppliers of, of, of beer. So they were selling what turned out to be out-of-date Heineken and they had so little of it that, about about half time, they they ran out of they ran out of alcohol in the stadium. There was almost a riot. Nice, like uh, you know, I, I say all these things because there's a relative trade off value, right? I'm paying 114 yeah. euros this season. It's shit. Part of the stadium's roof has only just been repaired from a year ago. You know, we're selling old, gone off Heineken, and you know, every now and again, someone puts forgets to put a tenner in the meter, and the floodlights break twice in a game. But- so. I, I do think you've got to be careful there. And the reason I say that is because the second side of that is if you love football, and I know you want to go and watch your football club play, I get it. If you want to go and watch football, you can go and watch football. You can go and watch football for a quid somewhere, I'm sure. Mirtha, which is a Welsh team, are, are doing kids for a quid this weekend. And now that That's Wales good, are at the yeah. World Cup. That's so, so you, if you want to go and watch football in a stadium and have an authentic event, all right, it may not be the Premier League, you can do it. I think the reason I say we have to be careful with some of this stuff, especially around ticket prices, is I think we as football fans have this weird kind of entitlement to certain things. And I like when we're going to kind of, we're going to come onto the kits and all that, which I'm, I'm fully on board with, but how many times have you or I or Mark or whoever it's January transfer deadline day. And there's a deal that's come up and everyone's just like, bloody hell, how much money does he want? Bloody just pay him, give him the wages or it's only another couple of million. Give him the money. There is a there is a point here where also football fans are also to an extent, and I'm not blaming football fans for everything here. Just with certain things, I'm not saying driving the price up themselves, but these players' wages don't come from nowhere. You know that they, they have to be paid, and a lot of that is fans' demand. Some of it is owners' arrogance. You know, not really doing things in a, in an effective and efficient way. But I do think. And again, I'm not blaming fans for this. I think it's the nature of, of, of being a football fan, right? But I think with some stuff, it's easy to to question these things afterwards. But at the time, I think when you're getting a new player in or you're paying your wages for someone or you want to keep a good player, that money does have to come from somewhere. So I, I do think there needs to be a, a relative level of trade-off yeah. in all of these things. If you want top quality uh, football, you've got to pay for it. Yeah, I, I do hear that. And, and I, I hear your example about your, your team over and. In Holland there, but but to flip that on its head, Leeds floodlights went off, didn't they, a few months ago? And how much are you paying for a Leeds season ticket? Yeah. You know, so so the, there is that argument as well. I mean, Mark's got an interesting comparison talking about European football. And this is the bit that really gets me. And and I think this is this is a UK thing, Di. I really do. I think that the inflated costs of things in the UK, whether it be players, whether it be tickets, whether it be kits, whatever it is, the cost of things over in the UK is grossly inflated than what it is in European football. I mean, I know Mark's got a great slide here, but He's going to look at some of the, the teams, and I'm talking about European giants here. This is European football 
great football, top players playing season after season, good quality, great stadia, all that kind of stuff. And even in some of these deals, um, you get your transport thrown in, Mark, don't you? Like in the likes of the Bundesliga, where you get you get your, your, your train ticket to the game, don't you, as part of that. So that's not an additional cost, but you've got to get a metro to Newcastle even for a home game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, in, in fairness, the matter they do do a, a cheaper ticket, so yeah. that, that that's that's not. But the metro shit, obviously, metro shit. You know, jumping the jump jump fucking it. Kellogg's cornflakes box and, and riding the town. It's an absolute dive <laughs> of a fucking transport system. You're, let's be honest. You're absolutely <laughs> right, though. Some some of those clubs in the Bundesliga do offer tickets to get to yeah. the. Go- I know we we looked at it one year, didn't we, about getting tickets to, to yeah, go yeah. go much Dortmund? It was like, well, and how much we cheaper was there, that to go to Borussia was, Dortmund and see some of the best players on the planet compared to seeing who do we have at the time? Dwight Gale, Shite Snail, John Joe Shelby. You know, well, it was probably before that, so it was it was probably yeah. equally as bad. But to to bring that comparison to to kind of light, those are the the cheapest tickets available in the Bundesliga from this year. Yeah. Dortmund's the most expensive, and it's still under two hundred and fifty euros. And that's just Dortmund. That's batshit um, crazy compared to the Premier League. Where's Dortmund? Dortmund's cheapest is just over a hundred or just under one hundred and fifty or one hundred and fifty euros. Can I add one thing to this though, right? Of course. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I, I am slightly trying to be devil's advocate here for the I sake know. of the argument. I do think it's also worth referencing with a lot of these clubs, they do offer these tickets and they are cheap and it is absolutely real. They offer a comically small portion that are this price. Yeah, yeah. This, no, is, the, yeah, this yeah. is what I said before. Quick, so it, it, there's it's no, not like no one whole to how many there are. Exactly. There's yeah. not one whole stand is this price. And and I and again, I, and I do think we've got to be careful with this sort of stuff as well. You know, German football is a little bit different, but in the UK, you can get around and the rules around travelling around for away matches, for example, are, is pretty relaxed. Here in the Netherlands, if you want to go to an away game, you've got to go on the club-sanctioned bus. You can't drive. You can't get a train. If you want to go to an away match in the Netherlands, I, I think it's similar in Italy as well. You have to turn up at the club stadium however many hours in advance. You get frisked, you get searched, you can't have a drink, you can't do anything. Um, you get plonked on a bus, you get driven, in the case of the Netherlands, to a shithole an hour away from here while some <laughs> crazy lads at the front of the bus are playing the worst, you know, happy hardcore dance music you've ever heard in your life. And... Um, when you get to the ground, away fans in Europe, as a general rule, aren't allowed any alcohol. Some of the stadiums I've been here, they don't have like a shop. You can't even buy water or, or anything to eat. So again, I, I, I'm, I, again, I am being devil's advocate a bit here, but I also do think that there's also relative upsides here. And I know, again, there's a cost attached to that. It's the same with anything. If you want to go and do it, it's, it's going to cost you money. But I do think the experience, you know, is, is very, very unique in the UK. And I, and I think... Yes, it might price some people out, and I, that's obviously bad. And there's a thing that needs to be addressed. Yeah. I think a away, away ticket should be no more than ten pound, as far as I'm concerned, for the numbers that go. Yeah, no, I but agree I, with that. But I, I do think though we've we've also I, there's other stuff I think that is a bigger problem that, than all of this in, in terms of the cost of football. And I think the value of you know you look at Dortmund for example. You mentioned there, I appreciate there's other things there, but yes, they've got some of the world's best players. They've got a fantastic stadium. I don't know if you you know I don't know if you went to Dortmund in the end, but. Dortmund is not a no, nice city. No, no. It's not a it's not a nice place to go. Um, I'm not I'm not you know I'm not saying Wolverhampton is either. But um, you know, 
it's, it's, it's I really hope not. You, you used the word theater and Aston Villa in the same sentence, and I wasn't, I wasn't sure that was the what was the right tone there either. Um, but it's you know, the, the, again, the point still stands though is that Dortmund have to sell all their best players all the time because true, the true. because the finances dictate that, and every now and again they'll have a good run at Europe and and whatever. But really, there's only one club who can financially compete there, and that's Munich. In the same way that yeah. it's only really Ajax who can compete outside of the. The, the the national division in terms of Europe. So again, I I am being a bit devil's advocate with this stuff here, but I I do think the ticket prices, by and large, I think is reflective of of the product you get, and I think it's a bit dangerous comparing it to the German league or the Italian league or the Dutch league or whatever, because I do think your yeah. away experience and and what experience in football is like in these other countries is is not quite as is classy, is, for want of a better word, than is often made out. I think. But yeah, but the home experience. I mean, Mark, <clears throat> you put up that slide again. Just the European, the European teams. I think we, if you go to the La Liga slide, for example, um, you know, I, I've been to the New Camp, and obviously, I've, um, I think I've been to Madrid as well. Not, not, not for a match, but I've been stadium tours and things like that. Um, you know, you're talking about there the value there for cheapest tickets. Yes, I know they'll, they'll be grossly expensive tickets, as you rightly say. Di. These will be in small kind of. More kind of minority, and then there'll be grossly expensive tickets. But sitting somewhere within the middle will be what you call your average fan. And if you look at the kind of the experience you would get going to the new camp or the Bernabeu football, you'll be in getting served up the experience and everything. I've been to Barcelona. I'm sure you guys have probably been to Barcelona as well. You know, it's it's a beautiful city. There's loads of nice places to drink. Atmosphere is great. All that kind of stuff. Yes, it'll have shady pockets of it, like every every club does in the world. Um, you know, everywhere, everywhere's got a West End somewhere, haven't they? You know what I mean? But I think the experience of, of going to these grounds and, and the value for money that I think you would get for that, you know, compared to somewhere like Leicester or Wolverhampton or somewhere like that, where you're paying more money for that experience. For me, mm. I just think, I think isn't right. I really do. And, and I think that, you know, it's the home fans that I get concerned about. I know the away fans, we've talked a lot about away fans, but, you know, your home fans, like, like someone like Leicester is a good example. Leicester come from down here, went up, didn't they? And then they went back down again. And all of those fans that stuck with them when they went back down again um, are the ones who get stiffened, you know, when they get up here and they stay up here. You know, and yes, as you rightly say, diet course is an element of you buying bigger players and you get a new training ground and you get all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and that that has to come with it with a premium cost. But I don't think the premium needs to be as high as, as this when you think about the millions they're getting from Sky and from and from the sponsorship deals and everything else, I just I, I really feel like the fans are getting stiff. And Mark, you, you haven't said much for a while, so just to bring you back oh, yeah, in, uh, that's all right. That's a, just to bring you back in, Mark, on on this, um, I think Dai does make a lot of relevant points here. You're paying for a product, and if you're lucky enough to be able to afford that product and you can afford that that experience, you expect a good experience because you're putting in a decent level of money, regardless if you know if it damages or, or it hurts you financially more than it would do somebody else or whatever, but. You know, the, the the point with this, I think we're trying to make is is how much higher will it get, isn't it? You know, maybe not where it is now. How much higher will it will it get to market? Is, it, is that a real worry that you know that, that these prices so. if we do it next year are going to shoot back up again? Well, I, I think there's always that risk, isn't it? Especially with the way uh, the way things are. Obviously, the the cost of of and, and it, I guess the cost of running the clubs is going to go through the roof because the cost of utilities and stuff is is going to go. You, you you only have to listen to to some businesses who are small and how much their their outlay is the the outlay on policing on stewarding on refurbs of grounds as well will will go on 
I mean, look at the, the likes of, of of Man United, who who've you know their fans are pretty much saying that the ground's been crumbling, and it's had no nothing done to it. Now their ticket prices have stayed the same. Can't see that staying because if they're no. going to have to plough more money into the club to do these things up, they're going to have to claw back money from from somewhere as well. And I know that the ticket ticket values or the ticket cost accounts for a small proportion of what the clubs really bring in at that level. If you go down the leagues, the, the ticket the ticket sales are, are, are a much higher percentage of, of total revenue. True. But in the Premier League, it's much lower because the the amount that they get in from sponsorship deals and from the TV rights is it, it, it dwarfs it massively. Um, but there, there will come a breaking point. I, I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Um, and and it's just one one factor. I mean, you you look at I mean we're talking about um, sponsorship and, and TV rights and stuff. The other side of the side of that, and I haven't gone into that in detail, and probably won't today. But look at the amount of cost you to watch you watch sport on TV. In the UK, to watch every Premier League game, you have to have a Sky Sports subscription, Amazon subscription for a couple of months, and BT Sport. That alone is about seventy quid, just for those three, and that's per month. And I, I had a look to add Peacock in the US, which gets you the Premier League football. And actually, I had a chat with with um, Adam about this a few months ago. It's five, well, five dollars um, a month. I mean, the, the the UK fan in terms of football, and I, I don't don't know what it's like in the rest of Europe, but I can imagine it's it's probably less. Um, the TV rights or the TV deals that we get, we get absolutely screwed on. Um, to have to spend an extra sixty odd quid a month to watch. The football, as opposed to everywhere else in the world, that gets to watch it for a fraction of the cost is ridiculous. I mean, that that's a different podcast altogether. We could all yeah, go on exactly. and about, about those guys, couldn't we? Because the level of money they're making off this game is is absolutely obscene. So I think that there's valid points. There. I think I think that makes a really good point about the experience and and you know the the value of that experience. How how do you price it? You know, you're never going to keep everybody happy. You know, just, just for me, it's a concerning thing. You know. You know, where, where dads have got young kids market and stuff like that. And there'll be a lot of dads out there who have their season tickets, as you say, and want to probably love them more than their kids, to be honest with them. <laughs> probably grab that the season ticket, but they're watching the cost of things going up and up and up. And they're wondering whether when when's the breaking point when they've got to give up that season ticket. Do you know what I mean? And it, it is a worry that you end up losing the fans. But on the subject of, of some of the other loyalty of football, and this is something I think we're all probably on the same page about the, the price of kits at the minute. Um, you know, the, We've seen some some prices kicking around recently. Mark, you and I did a um, a competition, didn't we, where we had to go and and buy some product from Castore to give away for our two K price. And uh, I remember being in the club shop, very pleasant, very friendly people in the club shop. And I remember looking around, and I stopped and I saw a jacket that I don't think I've ever seen any how wearing any any photograph ever, right? And it was like a, a kind of a, a ankle length kind of training jacket you'd wear in the blizzard. And I've just flicked the tag An Arsene Wenger code. An Arsene Wenger style code, yeah, if you will. And I turned the tag over and it was £95. And I just looked at it and thought, are you taking the piss? You know, I haven't even seen anybody wear this jacket. And then I flipped it over and I just felt the material on the front. And the Castore material, we had a conversation. There's talk about the club ditching them and everything, which I'm sure we'll do a podcast on in the future. But it's literally made in China, probably for about 20 pence an hour. And these guys want 95 for it. Mark, just just pull up your slide first about the the shirt sales, and then we'll we'll, we'll get kind of you and Dice take on this as well and see where where we sit with this. Um, but yeah, I mean for me the the actual cost of the clubs are charging for the actual kits and 
adults and children, kids in particular, they've got two or three kids. That's I just I don't agree with it either. I think it's really, really yeah. overpriced. But your, your your grid probably highlights quite a few interesting facts, Mark. You want to back that up. So yeah, I mean this is the the, the price of adult replica shirts. Now this doesn't include the authentic or elite shirts that are sold that are a hundred pound plus, which again uh, is it blows my mind that anybody would pay 120 pounds. I think Spurs is 119 pounds for their match worn shirts. That it just it's absolutely madness. Um, but that's the list of, of full value um kits. So, obviously, out we're, we're currently in the Black Friday sale, so that they're, they're they are cheaper than this at the moment. But this is the general prices. Um, it ranges from 75 pounds for Spurs right the way down to 49 for Brentford. I think the interesting thing with that, with this was just the the variance in 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 the the makers um and how much they charge for each club. So obviously Spurs at 75 pound with Nike as opposed to Brighton at 55 pounds. So there's a 20 pound difference for the same manufacturer. Now I get there's going to be a lot more demand for for Spurs um shirts than there will be for Brighton. Um, sorry, Brighton fans, but that's just the nature of it. But to be £20 different um, is, is madness. Castori with Villa and Newcastle um, at £65 as opposed to Wolves at £55. There's a £10 difference there. And the, the kit's exactly the same. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It, it's made it, it's made exactly the same way, different colours, obviously. But it just it's ludicrous. And then the number of kits... Now, most teams have three now, and I'll come on in a second why. I mean, I do think for a lot of teams that that's madness. Fulham are the only one that I could find that were, were only selling two, but they have worn a third shirt. Manchester City have three. You'd expect that for playing in Europe, and the green teams, uh, the green uh, highlights there are the teams that are playing in Europe. Um, but Manchester City also have an eSports kit, that you can buy for you know for the, the the kids that they have playing for FIFA for them and stuff, which that was another one that completely blew my mind. And then Newcastle in the middle there have five kits out or five shirts on sale. They have the home kit, the blue away. They've got the white and green third kit. They've got the kit that they wore at Brighton, that weird turquoisey one with the, the the picture, yeah, with the skyline on. And then they um. I think was it an, an anniversary kit, which was that black and greyish one. It looks absolutely awful. That's on sale as well. So Newcastle currently have five different shirts on sale. They're not playing in Europe. Um, and I'll come on in a second. If I, I just, I'll skip a slide to go to the, the home and away kits. There's only, when you look at the, the, the combination of kits, when Newcastle play away from home, they can wear a, a combination of their, their home and away kit. The only one that they fall foul of is going to Brighton, really, um, where the the, the colouring of, of Brighton's kit means that either of those would be a clash. And that they utilise the third kit. Only the third kit's white, so they can't wear that one. So they had to bring in a fourth one, which is ridiculous. Um, I, I get, in, in terms of when you play in the league, most teams would only need two, but if you're playing in Europe or playing in the cup competitions, you potentially need a third kit. I sort of understand that for playing in, in that regard, but it's just the number of kits that are being um, that are being produced. And then in terms of, and I've gone too far, sorry, and then this is the child prices as well. The price of a child's kit or a, a youth kit 
for Spurs, £60. And the, the, that difference between the top and the bottom, um, and it's just, it's astronomical. So, like you, you touched on, when there's two or three kids involved, mm. this the, the, the whole value is just, it's through the roof and it's, it's yeah. it, crackers, absolutely crackers. You're talking, uh, Di, just to bring you in here with these five kits, I know you, you nearly fell off your chair when Mark pulled this up before we went on, but if you're talking, you've got a couple of kids and, and an adult, you you're looking at the thick end of 200 quid for, for, for three shirts, aren't you, mate? I mean, just, I mean, what, what what's your take on, on, on that kind of a thing there? I know, obviously, the ticket one, you made your yeah. point clear on that, I think, and you, you, I think you had made some really good points on that one, but, but with the shirt one, I think we're maybe, we're maybe a bit more aligned, I think, in kind of thinking with this, but yeah, mate, mean, that's, that's, that's too much, isn't it, mate? It's got to be. It's absurd, and I think it's, you know, that's an example of, when we're talking about value for money before, where it's where sheer profiteering. You know that oh, I, I can't I can't speak for all of them because um, you know I've, I've I've obviously don't own any of the other kits, but um, the quality of the shirts are awful. I I I, I, it, I I've I've not bought anything since Mike Ashley took over. I've not bought any anything from Newcastle United since since Ashley and with the Saudis. I don't really want to give them my money, so I'm not buying anything from the club. Um, in, in any case, but I will say that. If you wanted to buy that home and away shirt and all the five kits and all that other stuff, just for me, I'm talking. You know, you're you're not far away from four hundred quid there. I mean, that is an absolute scandal when you consider that in six months from now or whatever, when the new season starts, all of those five kits are in the bin and we're getting we'll we're getting new one every year. That's the one that that's the one that bothers me about this is that it's a, it's on a cycle and there'll be another five four five whatever next season, and people pay it. It's mad, and I think, I think it's important to realise that there are alternatives. Like uh, I, I wanted to say, like I, I'm not sure how legal all of these things are, but um, DH Gate. If anyone, like, if you want to get your kids a kit for Christmas, DH Gate. Yeah, there's, there's it, quite. It, I've seen that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. A, mate, a mate of mine has got a couple of Wales shirts from there, and they are identical. They've got even the the, the, yeah. the, the lettering on the inside of the Adidas tag. You would not know, um, and it was. I think he paid for his whale shirt that I paid 60 quid for. I think he paid seven pounds. Um, you know, you you can't really argue with that, can you? Um, they've got retro kits and they've got old kits. The other thing is looking at sites like classicshirts.com that like buy in bulk leftover shirts from clubs um, and, and national teams as well. And if you can go on there and you can get previous season shirts for a third of the price, I appreciate everyone wants the, you know, the, the newest kit at the best time but there are definite ways around it and i think that's really important but i i in in turn with that i think it also highlights just how astronomical the cost is is that within you know you can get a replica from china for seven quid or you can get the exact same you know authentic shirt six months later when no one's getting them anymore and for a third of the price so you know there, there are real alternatives, but it really does highlight just how expensive and how much of a piss take it is, to be honest. Absolutely. And, and, and as Ash says there, Mark, as we've talked about the, the quality of the jacket and the strip mm. and everything, the cheaper kits by manufacturers are template kits. You can see the variations throughout the world, the expensive ones are bespoke designs. You know, we'll go back, we talked a little bit about the, the Grandad Collar one, didn't we? You know, the three of us, and it yeah. kind of holds a special place in your heart. You look at how well that kit was made. That was years ago. You know, you, you know you're looking at, it was good material, nice and boss kind of stitch badge, and the, the you know the sponsors and everything. 
you know, I've got an old Keegan-style jumper, and it's a bit weather-worn, but it's still quality. You look at these Castore things, I mean, the, the moths will be eating the arse out of that in about, <laughs> in about seven well, months, won't they? Because it's just not, not built to last. Yeah. How, how many times do we see football fans get the kit and within weeks stuff's peeling off yeah, them? Comes a, of yeah. the, the sponsorship, the, the badges are coming off. The, it's, the, the quality doesn't match the price that we're paying. It really doesn't. And we, I, did, I did a bit of a cost comparison to, to 1992 and, and the sort of kits around 1992 were about 30 quid. So if you factor in inflation, kits would cost about 60 quid. And, and that would be, I guess, reasonable. And I say that through gritted teeth. But the quality of the kits back in 1992 was far greater than the quality of the kits now. And I know they're looking at, at all the different technologies that kits are made with, but that that's into the authentic kits, the elite kits that they sell that, that are an astronomical price. As Ash said there, that most of the kits are a template. They are made in exactly the same way. They're made on the cheap in bulk um, and they're sold at astronomical prices. Um, we've had the argument about the, the clubs getting lots and lots of money in, in kit revenue. In in reality, they get very little. Um, I think Manchester United's deal for their kit, they only get about 7%. And that, that's, that works really kind of across the board. Um, one of the bits I found was about the German national shirt back, I think it was 2014. Um, and they, they those shirts were sold for around about 90 euros at the time. Now, this is going back away and they were expensive, but these were, I think these were the, the higher level ones. In the end, Adidas, who made the kit, only got about 17% of that kit back to them. Um Six percent went to the federation. Um, the greatest markup on it was down to the retailers. Now, when you factor for say for Newcastle kit, the retailer at the ground, the retailer for most of the kits in terms of sold in in the club stores and stuff, it's by Castore. Yeah. So most of the most of the stuff is going back to them anyway. Mm. Um, so they're getting their seventeen percent or whatever it is. Plus an extra forty-four percent back, they're making absolute killing, and the distribution costs aren't that much in terms of that shirt that I looked at before. If that ninety-pound shirt, the distribution costs account, a distribution, production, and marketing costs account for about fifteen euros out of ninety. Mm, the rest is stuff. all on sort of taxes and markup. Scary stuff. You wanted to make a point on an Ash's comment before they made, didn't you? About the template, I think. On, on that. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the template. Um, obviously, we've just, you know, I say just enjoyed the World Cup. Uh, it's not over because Wales are out. But um, I, I think, well, basically, is. But um, we were told that we kind of weren't part of Adidas's elite level kit program. I don't know what they call it when they sell it out. Um, and, you know, like Belgium had like a warm-up top, a training top, um, yeah. a, a presentation jacket, all of this stuff. And we just had our home and away shirts and one warm-up this, this is Wales. Yeah, this is Wales. This is Wales, yeah. 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 Um, which is fine. You know, I, I don't need, you know, any more Wales crap that I have in my life already. Um, <laughs> but if you're not part of that kind of elite program or whatever, however they, they word it, everything that's kind of extra, the add-on stuff, is exorbitant so we had these presentation yeah. jackets like red 
zip up like quite thick jackets with Adidas stripes on it. So the Wales badge on the back, on the front side, on the back, it says Cymru. Um, when, when I saw the players walk out in the in the ground with that, I was just like, I have got to get me one of them. They are lovely. Yeah. And because we are not part of their elite program or whatever it's called, that presentation jacket, which is effectively like a, a thick tracksuit top with Cymru written on the back, was 95 quid. And it's not like a, a, thick, a thick winter coat or anything like that. It's effectively a thick tracksuit top. And yeah. it, you could get the same one that the Belgians wear, and that was 70 quid. And that's still ridiculously expensive. But because they're part of these elite level programs and it's not, they're bespoke, as, as Ash mentioned earlier, you pay an extra 25 quid for them just because you're from a different country. From the, you know, They're Crazy. the same bloody jacket. So it's not just the profiteering of it. It's the, it's the piss take almost of, you know, instead of having a red one with Belgium on the front, I've got a red one with Cymru on the back and they've chucked me an extra 25 quid for it, the bastards. Ridiculous. You know, it's, it is absolutely outrageous. Maybe maybe Gareth Bale cost them a few quid in an ACA one time or something. They're just trying to take it out on Wales, possibly. Maybe. Exactly. Roger can't believe 95 quid. But Ash is making a good point here in, in a funny way, as he always does. You know, distribution costs for Castoria now because they never send the bastards out. That That's something else to consider as well. You, you're talking about customer experience here as well. You're, you're paying 90-odd quid for, for a piece of material that, that they are assigned to make for the club, your beloved club, your Newcastle United the club you've always had a shirt for, that you buy your kids a shirt for, you buy your dad a shirt on his birthday for, whatever it is. And these guys are ripping you, you're ripping your eyes out of your head, making gross obscene profit. And and they're not even giving you good customer service, Mark. I mean, that that's that is something. As directly said about the tickets, you're getting the customer service, you're getting the experience, you're in the ground, it's a good experience, the lager's good or whatever, the seats are good, everything about the ground and the experience is good. And you think, you know what, it's expensive, but it's worth it. This is not worth the mark, is it? The way they're treating the fans is grotesque, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to take Castoria is the, is the one, the number of stories now that you hear of, of people ordering kits and then what? waiting weeks or Castor- months for them to be stories. delivered. You should do a podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, uh, it's just, like I say, the, it comes down to why well, you're getting the quality for the amount of money that you're paying for them, and, and you're just not. Now you, you're really not. I could I could understand it, like I said, if the quality was the same as it was 30 years ago. We've got 30 years further down the line, and the, the quality and the products that we're being given is, is just far worse. It, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's, it's it, not it good enough, man. It is. It's a, I don't know when it's going to end. Really, I really don't. I mean, there's, there's talk about the club booting Castori out, and I think if anything else, it's probably all these Jack and Ori Castori stories. I think coming out of the wash and everyone saying yeah. the shite, the this, and that, that, you know, because what will happen is, as Di is completely right, people will run the likes of DHK and they'll be buying product from there. So when you look at St James's Park and the camera pans around to the naked eye at first glance and look like a ship, but then somebody will go, "Oh, it's not a ship. I've got the badge," and, and you know, and then all of a sudden the club will be thinking, "We're not getting the proper." shirt getting out there it's all replicas because the the kit provider is horrendous and it makes me wonder about the old infamous saudi shirt which i know we haven't spent too much time on we'll we'll throw a hand grenade in on that one but it makes you wonder if that was actually castore's idea and the club weren't weren't behind that and that could be another reason that they're they're getting booted out but yeah there's there's loads of things to, to look at but you know as we love a lager and a, and a pie those guys but we thought we'd look at the pie and the pie which which again is is, is traditionally part of the experience in football as well, isn't it, Mark? You you had some in, inflation costs and that. I mean, before we get into that, you know, probably similar to what Dyer's saying about the tickets, 
that's to come some kind of an understanding that inflation and food has been whacked up massively over the years, isn't it? The, the kind of stuff you see, I don't know if you follow these guys on Twitter, I follow them, they're a football fan snacks or something like that, and they show you these like lonely burgers with no cheese and it's like sad looking <laughs> bun and they go, they go like nine quid at like, you know, I don't know, Wrexham or something like that and you go, what the fuck, nine quid? So there, there, there is a bit of a, a bit of a sense of you know, you've got to accept the inflation, but I mean, some of the cost mark on your grid there, you know, you'd be surprised that, wouldn't you, in terms of the pie and the pint and, and the increases. I noticed like notice you picking on Wales there. You had to pick a Welsh team when you were picking out, yeah, you know, your sad <laughs> little burger. Pathetic. Just because I'm jealous, I'm jealous of Ryan Reynolds. That's what it really is. That has nothing to do with Wales, mate. It's that bloody Ryan Reynolds, handsome bastard. <laughs> I was going to say when we look we look at the back of that the one thing that struck struck me straight away with, from this from this whole thing was the cheapest pint in the Premier League is at Man U, which which <laughs> really surprised me. I don't I don't know why it surprised me so much, but it, it really surprised. I think Liverpool's was was the next cheapest at three thirty. Um, it's right. just there's some extraordinary prices. I mean, West Ham the cheapest pint at West Ham is seven pound thirty. Seven pounds for a pint. London cost yeah, is always bad for a pint. You, you say that, but Spurs is five pound nineteen. Um, Chelsea's five seventy. Arsenal's is six thirty five. Fulham's is five eighty. Um, the Brentford's is five twenty five, and they're just down the road. Where the hell they get seven pound thirty? Now, I, I think with them that it's not West Ham; it's an external um, operator that, that runs a contract the bars. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But they're because of the stadium. Um, but still, seven pound thirty is just a ridiculous amount of money for for a beer, um, and the, the variance in pies as well. I know that the quality across the league is is obviously um, a little bit wayward as is the the cost of them. But that ranges all the way up to about six quid as well. And, and again, the highest one in that list is is West Ham. Um, but interestingly, that the the one thing a lot of those prices in the last year have gone up. Um, if we go back to the pint, for example, there was only one club that had actually lowered their cost of a pint in the last year or between the last two seasons. And that was Newcastle, um, which had gone down 10 pence. So not, yeah. not a great amount, but it had still gone in the right direction. But still, it so just... The football's gone up and the pints have gone down. What a world we're living in, mate, with Newcastle. That's, that's a hell of a combination, isn't it? Living the isn't dream. That, isn't that? But I suppose, I mean, Manchester United fans die. They're probably too busy drinking glasses of Merlot, probably, aren't they? That's probably why their pints are so cheap, mate. <laughs> <Merlot> <laughs> and sandwiches. You mentioned that about Man United. I went to a Man United a, a, a few years ago when we beat them that when Kabai scored. Um, and I had a ticket with it in the home end with my, yeah. uh, my brother-in-law. And um, they did a deal. I don't know if they still do it, but you could have a pint of Singer, which is their official beer, which is not bad, to be fair. Yeah. Um, like a large, like an extra large version of a, of a Mars bar or a Twix or a Snickers or whatever, those big versions they do, uh, and a pie for a tenner. And, I, you know, when, I, when I, I thought that was actually pretty good, you know. Yeah, I think that's all right, that. Pretty good value for the day out. I, the, the thing that worries me with all of this um, is I, I read a brilliant book about the the cost of football um, and talking about how the Premier League have, has kind of evolved and, and why things changed. Like I didn't know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys knew this, but I didn't realise that halftime was 10 minutes and they made it 15 minutes just purely to allow people to go and buy more stuff at halftime. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
I, I, I think my big worry here is we're going down an American market road definitely, where definitely. they just don't care. And like, you know, I, I've lived in America. I love it there. But if when we go and watch the when you used to go and watch the Red Sox play, if you wanted to buy a beer, the the like the big cans that like the the big pint cans basically they do in America, um, at the big pint cans are like Bud Light, so like piss basically it was twelve it was twelve dollars <laughs> a can. Jesus, you know? wow! How long ago was that? How long ago was that then? Uh, I I've moved here two and a half years ago, so yeah, but let's wow. say three years ago for the sake of argument, Jesus. and I and I can't imagine that's gone down. I went to watch uh, Washington. Um, I, I love my NFL, so I went to watch Washington play a couple of times. Talk about ticket prices. I admit we had good tickets. We were, uh, you know, second tier, basically on the halfway line. I paid three hundred and fifty dollars for one ticket um, for one game. I went wow. to, um, and and beer and food there again. You're talking like fourteen dollars for a beer. And the problem is, is that people want to go, and you can have a beer in your seat, so people pay it, and. It's part of the experience and all of that stuff. And I'm really worried, you know, West Ham being the, the, the worst one there, I'm really worried about how the price of that stuff is going because you're a completely captive market. You know, I appreciate you can't take your beer to your seat and whatever, but I think it's, it's, it's incumbent on football clubs to be doing the right things for the community and, and the people around it. They should be charging £2.50 a pint in the two hours, three hours before the match, getting people into that ground early, getting them spending their money in the ground, supporting the club, and, okay, you know, it might impact local businesses, but, you know, a little bit before the match, but everyone will go out for a beer after. Get everyone in the ground. Get the atmosphere jumping in the stadium. Stop playing shit music. Stop playing £7.50 for a pint. Get people in for £2.50 a go. People would be falling over themselves to get in the ground early. That's Again, that's what we do here. There's a little hut outside the ground at Addo, and it is like someone's, you know, a large wooden tent, a uh, large wooden wooden uh, hut, sorry. And it is absolutely, it's as cheap as cheap. I think it's three euros for a pint of Heineken. They've got little cans right. of all sorts of other stuff. We go there hours before the game. Even the pissing down rain, people are stood out there smashing away their free beers, uh, the cheap beers, sorry. It's brilliant. You get a lot of atmosphere. Everyone's a laugh. You're kind of in one place with the other fans together. It's great fun. I do not know why. You know, it is, like I said before, with the shirts, it's just profiteering. Man United, fair play to them, three quid a pint. That's that's great. But if I'm telling you now, if you charge £2.50 a pint, £2 a pint, people be falling over themselves to get into that ground. They'd sell just as much. They'd make just as much money. And there's a tangible benefit in terms of what they They'd, they'd buy two at a time, die. You say two fifty yeah. pint, you buy two exactly. at a time, and the series of five. It's probably it's probably a good way to to wrap it up, kind of with with, with the last um, the last topic, really. You know, look, taking all this into account, the summaries and stuff like that. Um, you know, will football be affordable in the future, Mark? Just just kind of coming to you with, with your take on this. I mean, I think Dice hit the nail on the head there. To be honest with you, the the, the more Americanism that's happening to this sport, mm. I see it as well, and it worries me. I'm not a big fan of of the American model. I think. They, as Die rightly says, I mean, America is quite like that as a society. You know, we're very lucky in terms of our medical benefits and stuff that we have in the UK. In America, if you can't afford it, you're fucked. And it's the same with the sport as well. If you can't afford it, you're fucked. And do you fear that football is going that way here in this country? That, you know, in the next five to 10 years, if you can't afford it, you're fucked. You know, you won't be able to watch a game and there'll only be a certain type of people in the ground. And it might, it might even dull the atmosphere, Mark. It might take away what makes Newcastle United and St. James Parkers. As magical as it is, I hope not. But I was going to use the same point as Di did, so thanks for stealing my point there, Di. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, you, if you look at the American... He is a wizard, market, Mark. Come on, he is a exactly. wizard. You know he can do that. He's it, got that magic wand. <laughs> if you look at that market, it, it's a nightmare. Um, I, yeah. I, I mean, I've not been, but when we've looked at going, the first thing I look at is, can I go and see the, the Ravens play? And the ticket prices, even for you know the, the cheap seats, is, is, is expensive. Um, it's expensive in the ground for everything. One of the guys I work with went to watch... Um, the Brooklyn Nets um, a couple of years ago, and he, he said he spent good couple of hundred dollars inside the arena on drinks and food for, for him and his family. It was it just it's just ridiculous. But yes, I think we're we're slowly heading that way because the more and more commercial we get um, in, in football, that that's that's the way, and people will continue to unfortunately people will continue to pay it because they want to be there yeah. they want to go that they'll they'll lose out i think in terms of the the halftime sort of pie and pint thing i don't buy anything when i'm in the ground generally now no because I, it's I, just i'll ridiculous. have a pint i'll have a pint or with the boys we'll do but, rounds or something you know that's kind of what we're yeah, doing yeah and I, I agree with that in, in that regard i'll go for a couple of beers before the game yeah. now if i can go to the ground and have a couple of beers you know in my you know couple of Oh, plastic plastic glasses sitting in my seat, have a beer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go and do that. Cause I'll sample the atmosphere of the ground for yeah. a lot longer than the 10 minutes that I've got into the ground before the game kicks off. And I, I just think that that would add a huge amount to it. Following um, Qatar, they're trying to stop that anyway. They're trying to stop more beer in the ground, aren't they? Anyway, which which again it's the it's the minority ruining it for the majority mm. who like like you boys and me, we'd sit with a beer sitting in our seats, drinking in the atmosphere, waiting, getting pumped for the game, talking about formations and all that kind of stuff. But it's all the idiots going, causing yeah. trouble that are, that are ruining the mark, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely right. The, the argument, I, I guess, that you you touched on Qatar and stuff and, and a lot have looked at is just how little bother there's been in, in yeah. Qatar in terms of... That's because they're scared they're going to get buried in the desert if they cause any bother, mate. That's probably more than anything. Do you know what? Honestly... <laughs> If I, you know, I've, when I was out there, I think that is that one thing I think would change a lot of the drunker baby. We're off topic now, but uh, that would change a lot of that behavior is a real is a real crackdown on it. Because yeah. believe you me, <laughs> there are a lot of very drunk people there, us included. Oh, yeah. You know, but they there were was... respectful drunk. I think exactly. The, and I tell you it? what, when there's when there's a real threat of going somewhere or someone kicking the shit out of you or you know whatever else the, the you know the threats are out there. I'll tell you now, it doesn't half sober you up quickly when you step outside and see a few of the Rosas there with their, you know, with their with their guns and whatever else. That, that sobers you up I'm sharpish. Fine. Even in officers, I'm absolutely fine, lads. I'm just offering an <laughs> I'll, I'll just put that down. Now, water, please. Yeah. Tonic water, yeah. please. I'll <laughs> do me. But, Di, just you, you mentioned there, obviously, about the American sports. I think Roger shares your concern about, you know, the Americanisms and the cost and everything. Just, just kind of the summary, you know, going forward, you know, obviously, as a fan who's abroad, a Newcastle fan who's abroad, you like to fly back and sample, you know, a game or two if you can and stuff like that as well. You know, you, you've probably seen the, the, just the inflated costs and everything, flights and, you know, and getting back and hotels and, and everything that goes with the package of international fans. We've looked at domestic fans and, and people traveling, you know, from Newcastle to Leeds or whatever it may be. Fans like yourself, you know, you want to be a global force as a club, which Newcastle, I think Newcastle were, and we can get back to there as well. And we've got a lot of fans all over the world, even on our podcast, Adams in America, you're in, you know, in the Netherlands. You know, do you feel that those fans will get pushed out with these inflated costs as well? And it'll be difficult for you to come and do that? Um, 
Yes and no. I, I think it's one of those things. If you know, I've I've made the choice to go and live where I live. I've I've got yeah. to accept that there's you know there's a a downside. The conditions. To that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. it is what it is. And I'm I'm fortunate. I've got a, a you know I've I've got a decent enough job here. I've got enough yeah. money to you know football is my obsession. Is I've got enough money to go on football trips. That's what I spend my my disposable income on is going, you know, traveling around watching Wales and Newcastle. So I'm fortunate in that regard. And I don't think it would ever, that stuff would ever get to the point where it would make a difference to me where I'd be able to stop going. I think yeah. the problem is, and you mentioned it in your, in your first question to Mark there, is where your traditional fan base is getting pushed out. And that's why I worry. I think there's a portion of people who will always be able to find a way to afford it. And it's the cheapest option and they won't have a beer at the match. They just want to go and all that. That's, they'll drive to the game and drive back or whatever it is and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So there are people who will always do that. And we were talking about kits from 30 years ago, 20 years ago. How different are the atmospheres? You know, I was watching old videos and and stuff, like some fantastic videos on Twitter of, of, of people going absolutely bonkers when they've scored a goal and, you know, limbs everywhere. Those things have changed. They've gone apart. That's because of yeah. stadiums, and of course. But, you know, your average managed up man on the street can't afford to spend 90 quid on a one-off football ticket you just can't do it by the time you're taking your kids there and you've had a beer i mean you can easily spend 500 quid on a day out and that's before you've eaten afterwards or whatever you know and that's not an exaggeration if you you know if you go with your your missus and kids you can easily spend 500 quid and i think what the real problem is i worry about is that it's becoming a tourist spot like you mentioned barcelona before i went to watch barca play it was fantastic i loved it there was no atmosphere at all and it's because there were a load of blokes like me there who were on the who were having a weekend on the piss in Barcelona, and you know you don't know the chants, you don't know the songs, you don't know the words. Yeah. You're, you're having a lovely time, but you, you know the, the, there's no atmosphere. Man City, I, I've got a real soft spot for Man City. My uncle's a, a City fan, and, and I, I went to one of my first games at Main Road. I've got a big soft spot for them, and, and their fan base is fantastic. And the old Main Road, the atmosphere was amazing. Yeah. All of a sudden now, you know, I, I went to watch them last season when I was back um, with my uncle and. There's just no atmosphere. No, like no library, library, they call it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's because, it, yeah, and it's not empty. They're every, pretty much every seat is full, but it's full of people who've come to take a photo of their favourite player from all four corners of the globe. And I get that. That's fantastic. But the cost of that is there's, there's no atmosphere. And I think that is because the rising cost of tickets means that people can't afford to go every week. And it's people who can come in on high days and holidays and spend 75 quid or whatever for one ticket. And, and that's, that's the way a lot of it is going. I th- that's my big concern is that it ends up costing a lot of atmosphere because the, the, the wrong type of fan is being priced out or the right type of fan is being priced. The people we want to turn up can't afford to turn up anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, I suppose just just close and give, give my thoughts on it. I think that one of the big issues is probably the fans of tomorrow, isn't it, guys? You know, I mean, it, it's okay to talk about the fans of now. You know, the, there's a whole massive debate about, you know, what, what it's going to be like for, you know, the fans of tomorrow to, to, to afford to go to a game given the cost of tickets and, you know, what employment opportunities would be available for them and everything else to be able to do that, you know. And I, I, it, it, it is a big concern what the future of the game may look like. I, I, maybe I'm being... Uh, pessimistic. I've got some weird Hunger Games analogy in my head where only these really, really affluent people can go watch the game. They go, jolly, jolly good game by Bruno there today. And then you end up with all the other people living in shit just trying to peer through the fence and, and watch on somebody's TV, possibly. But uh, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I think Ash has just said in the comments there as well, as we said at the start, it's a sport run by billionaires, played by millionaires, and they're out of touch with the cost of living and, and don't see how bad things are. Roger saying there, what an analogy, nightclubbing, 
people go with their phones out and done don't dance away man now you're right it's you see that as well, guys, as you've just touched on, mate. You know, people get the phones on instead of just living in the moment. You know, I was at the um, City game when we drew uh, with them. And when Wilson scored, I was with PK. And I went nuts. I just jumped. And it was such a great goal and the atmosphere and everything. And I remember looking around and there was kids on their phones. Yeah. And there was kids just turning around swearing at the away fans, which I thought was weird. Like, I was yeah. more focused on the game. but So, so the, the, the support of themselves, you're right, that has changed. Mm. as well do you know what i mean and it's i suppose we have to consider that as well but uh but yeah so now it's a very interesting topic guys it's been good to talk to you about yeah, it tonight mark, <laughs> mark do you have any final thoughts mate jerry springer do you have any final thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no i, th- I think you i think you kind of you know that the, the phone thing infuriates us at times because they, i mean they make the big thing of these pictures online when they say look there's no phones there shouldn't be Take the moment in. You can go and watch the game again later on. From that Leeds angles. kid who was doing that to Ronaldo or something. That was beautiful. That that was like poetry emotion. That no this phone, is it. We've off. we've lost that as a society now at football games. Gone are the days where you you just give a wanker sign at the player who's just scored against you. You stick the V's <laughs> at them. Now it's well. I need a video tape. I don't video tape. How old am I? I need I need to record you. What you're doing? Jesus Christ! But do you know what I mean? It's it's that it's, it's that image now of every time you see a goal scored against, but you you're recording the opposition scoring against you. What yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? That's Support scary. your team, give them shit. That's what you're there for. That drives me crazy. But you're right. It's the kind of sold football to the wrong supporters now, so that a lot of the people that are coming in are tourists. You look at Manchester United as yeah. the prime example. It's it's geared towards the tourist market. It's not geared towards the, the true fans. You're right. Well, Keane Keen famously said it with the prawn sandwiches. And great comment for Ash to close us off there. So because Ronaldo <laughs> will come over and smash your phone off the floor otherwise. It's absolutely brilliant. So, so that's been a great, it's been a great pod, guys. I think Roger said that. Thank you very much, Roger. Been a great episode, guys, as always. Really enjoyed it. And uh, just, just wrapping up there, if you're new to the channel, you've just checked it out for the first time. Make sure you like and subscribe. I'd love you to come and join us. We're on 2,071. Love you to get us to 2,100. Just on a nice, handsome face there. We're just lifting up to show you. Um, yeah, and uh, we'll be back, I'm sure, with some some more podcasts through this World Cup as well. Been a bit different for us all on the podcast, lads, over the World Cup, but we're uh, doing the best to bring you as much content as humanly possible. So for me and the lads, it's cheerio. Let's keep supporting that team of Koi United. Afford it as best as you can, and then uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast. See you later, guys. Take care, guys. Ta-ra.